Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. The drug commonly used to prevent HIV has mostly been geared towards adults, leaving younger people vulnerable. That is, until now. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, helps reduce the risk of getting HIV by about 99%. That's according to the CDC. But like I mentioned, it's typically been marketed to adults. Young people between the ages of 13 to 24 made up nearly 20% of all new HIV diagnoses in 2021. And a new campaign called PrEP for Teens is working to change health outcomes for young adults. It's been looking into the barriers and has created a social media and arts information campaign created for teens by teens to expand HIV prevention options to teenagers. And it launches today. Later in the conversation, we'll turn to an artist who's been helping develop mural designs to help spread the word about PrEP. But first, we sat down with Jim Pickett, a longtime AIDS advocate, Ryder Kennedy, a youth leader for PrEP for Teens, and Chris Balthazar, executive director of Task Force. And I started by asking Jim about why young people make up the third highest rate of new HIV diagnoses in the country. So there's a number of things going on, and one of them is what we are trying to address with this campaign is just the awareness that it's available to teens. So PrEP was first approved in pill form in 2012, but the first time we had approval for young people, for adolescents, was in 2018. So it took six years uh, before they were able to um, have you know direct access to PrEP. Yeah. Uh, and so we need... There has been almost zero efforts to really engage young people specifically around PrEP in our city or around the country. And so we thought we need to do something about that. The FDA authorized PrEP for teens to use in 2018. So just tell us more about the medication itself and how it works and the need that PrEP for teens is now filling. Sure. Really quick. There's actually two modalities. You can take a pill. So there's a pill that you can take either once a day or there's other dosing regimens as well. And there's uh, an injection now that you can take every two months. And that injection was approved a couple years ago in 2021 mm-hmm. for adults and adolescents. Important thing to know that there's actually not an age range for PrEP. It's based on your weight. So if you're 77 pounds and sexually active, mm-hmm. you could be prescribed PrEP. And so what we're trying to do with Prep for Teens, our entire group, is to create uh, social marketing and community mobilization activities all centered around arts and creativity to engage teens, mm-hmm. to have teens lead the way in terms of how they want to learn about Prep. And I'm and, sure social media marketing was no coincidence here, right? Since we're, no, we're trying to talk to teens. Absolutely. Absolutely. The mother to sort of prep for teens is prep for love. It was a campaign we, we, we launched in Chicago in 2016, but that was very much for adults. We needed something that was teen led, teen directed, mm-hmm. teen guided. So we did research. Uh, my partner uh, in crime here, Dr. Catherine McCabagall at Northwestern and the Institute of Sexual and Gender Minority Health and Wellbeing. Uh, We got some money from the Chicago Center for AIDS Research, the Third Coast Center for AIDS Research, and we did uh, focus groups with teens. We did uh, stakeholder interviews with adults who care about teens. Wow. uh, And then we took all of that information, and Ryder was actually in our our early focus groups. 
And we, uh, we crunched all that data. And then we had um, a creative think tank in the summer of 2021 and 2022. We had these creative think tanks with teens that took that data and put together a creative brief. So what should a campaign look like for teens? And that included everything from the font and the color to the messaging to the platforms we're going to use. Very thoughtful. All of it. Really thoughtful. Last couple, so a couple summers, we really iterated on that. Ryder joined us in the creative think tank. So Ryder started in focus groups, came into the think tanks. And then uh, in the beginning of 2023, to bring it closer to the present, um, Catherine and I were successful in getting four grants all at once. Two research and implementation grants from uh, Northwestern and the Third Coast Center for AIDS Research. And then we got really importantly implementation dollars from the Chicago Department of Public Health wow. and Alphawood Foundation. So we were able to actually like, okay, now we've come up with all these ideas. Now we can actually try to make good right. on them. Yeah. Well, we've mentioned Ryder a, a few times, so I'd love to hear from you. I mean, what does this mean to have this option for teens? Um, I feel like personally, just as a young person, I know that like most of my peers, we weren't given like a proper like sex, sex education coming up in high school. I doubt that almost anyone in the States honestly had like a, a comprehensive sex education. So having this available for teens honestly just makes it known that like, hey, your safety does come first and foremost. And you did give the statistic of how the HIV rates are going up among uh, yeah. just my age demographic and i know that with prep for teens what we've been doing what our message is our overall mission of just providing this information and also giving this information out there like really does make a difference on the young people's lives yeah you talked about how you know the sex education courses were were lacking what did you feel was missing uh personally for me all all that i was shown was like oh, this is what goes on when you're going through puberty, a very heteronormative stance on things and like being barely shown like what forms of birth control there are. Uh, we were made known of like, oh, this is a condom. And then that's it, like end of sentence, like, oh, okay, so what do we do with it? So a lot of the education is just like putting out blatant information and then not telling you what to do with it. But it also comes from a heteronormative stance where it's like, say if you're a queer teen trying to figure out who you are or trying to navigate your sexuality, you don't really get that information whatsoever. Mm. And I feel like Prep for Teens does an incredible job of saying like, hey, if you are queer, if you're not straight whatsoever, uh, there are options for you to be safe with your sexual wellness. Let's bring you in here, Chris. Uh, so we've talked about Prep for Teens being you know, a program really aiming to, to bring information about this, this medication to teenagers. What role do you think that they play in informing their peers about PrEP, young yeah. people? Well, I think young people play a very important role in informing their peers about PrEP. In fact, I think that they are the, um, they ultimately are the most effective, uh, you know, communicators around PrEP. We know that peers, are, young people are more likely to listen to their peers than they are to listen to any other adult. They're talking. Yeah, they are. They they're are talking. talking yeah. right? <laughs> I'm a mom of teens myself. Oh, they're talking because sometimes they come back to me with some information. and I'm like, where did you hear that? Oh, so-and-so in gym class. And I'm like, well, that's wrong. That's right. <laughs> Here's what it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> that is, right, that is right. exactly it. Yeah. Right? And, and that's why we think that this campaign is so important because it is, it is youth-led, youth-focused. And so, 
it you know it is an opportunity for young people to um, you know share information about prep um, you know throughout their social networks and this is also great because they can then provide accurate information and dispel a lot of myths and you know and stigma that we know that already exists around prep yeah well uh, destigmatizing yeah, yeah you, you brought up the right word there I mean Talk more about that, destigmatizing the use of PrEP. Absolutely. Well, I think that, um, you know, for a lot of young people who are, um, you know, for, for a lot of young people, I think sometimes, you know, talking about or acknowledging that I am on PrEP, right? It's like, well, what else am I saying? Am I saying that I'm promiscuous? Am I saying that, you know, I'm doing, you know, that, you know, I, I don't oh, use Oh, like condoms, what will people think? Right, what will people think about me, right? And so I think that that is something that we hear is going through a lot of young people's minds. Also, a lot of misinformation about, you know, the PrEP medication itself, right? And so I think that, you know, you know again, that this is an opportunity where young people can get accurate information about PrEP, um, you know, and also where they can, you know, have a conversation. I think, you know, one of the things that we find at Task Force is that young people often don't know how to talk to their medical providers about PrEP, right? Um you know, I want to get on prep, but mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, how do I even start this conversation? And then what do I have to tell them? And then what are they going to tell my parents? Right. And so I think that this is an opportunity where they can get that information and learn about, you know, resources so that they can gain access to prep. Right. Um, you know, and, and share that information, you know, throughout their social networks. And Jim, I mean, this looking at this campaign, this is not a graphic design for a pharmaceutical company, right? You're oh, really no. working to not be didactic or directive. We're not directive at all, and we got that direction from the teens that we we're following very closely. Like they didn't. What want did they this, say? This should not look like a pharmaceutical campaign. This should not. We will look walk right past it. Like we're going to walk right past <laughs> it and not trust it. And also, sort of, don't tell us what to do. So we're sharing information, and on our website, we have tips for how to talk to a provider. We have information, FAQs that are teen-friendly. We have prep providers that are teen-friendly on our website. And we should make note that this is important because teens don't need parental permission to get a They do not need parental permission in this state. It's state by state. In Illinois, you do not. But what we want, our goal is, is to give teens information so they can make a choice. We're not saying, you know what, you need to be on prep. You're young, you're queer, you should be on PrEP. We're not saying that. We're saying if you're sexually active in Chicago, consider PrEP. And whatever choice you make, if you say, you know what, it's not for me. I've learned about it and I'm not down with it. That is just as acceptable as saying, you know what, I'm interested. And knowing that that choice can change at any time. Yeah. So we so we really got that guidance very clear. I can see Ryder shaking his head. Yeah. We really very clearly they looked at like the Prep for Love campaign, which also was not pharma funded, but it looked a lot slicker and they didn't want it to give off a vibe like corporate vibe, a slick vibe, a vibe that was like what's behind this, you know, who's behind the screen. Yeah. Uh wanted to be really organic no, and this honest. is really good. This is colorful, mm-hmm. diverse. Right when I look Very at the, diverse. The we're really focusing. A lot of our efforts are going to be focused on the south and west sides. That's why we're so delighted our 
primary community partner being Task Force on the West Side. They've been a mainstay of LGBTQ support over there for decades now, mm-hmm. over 30 years, which is pretty freaking amazing. And so we're so delighted to be working with them. And they're one of the few organizations in the city that really brings together a lot of youth. They bring together a lot of young, actual teens. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a Vogue drop-in night. You can go and learn how to Vogue twice a week on Incredible. Mondays and Wednesdays. So our event, of course, is going to be part of a Vogue drop-in night. We're going to have a mini ball tomorrow. It's going to be just amazing. That sounds I'm so like excited. so much, yeah. so much fun. Yeah. While also being there for a good cause, right, and, cre- and creating awareness. That's right. So we've talked, Ryder, about how you've been involved in this uh, through many phases, right? Many Jim phases. has mentioned you were even part of the preliminary research. Yes. Most recently, I'm hearing you worked on the website and you were giving feedback on everything from the font, like Jim. Uh, was talking about and the colors and, and so forth. Um, and you did coding? Uh, not necessarily. I just have I have a history of coding. So like when I was looking through the website, mm-hmm. I would uh, one of the tasks most recently was like try and break the website, like play around with it, see if there's any like <laughs> bugs or anything. And honestly, the website's looking great. Like yeah. I I personally don't see any problems with it. And we've been like developing it for months now so whenever i see it now and it's it's up now so anyone check it out yeah anyone can visit it it's like we went through so much time and effort and just meeting after meeting of like is this good enough Mm -hmm. uh have you have we gone through this have we gone through that and it's even um i think my favorite part of the website is the interactive map that shows like different providers around the city yeah how to find a provider yeah yeah that is very cool Tell us more about Task Force, Chris, and the, the wraparound services and community building that you're providing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Task Force, um, you know, community-based organization that serves LGBTQ plus youth. So we focus on that population. Um, and, you know, our goal really is to create a one-stop shop for young people, right? We're all about promoting health and wellness among LGBTQ plus folks. And so, you know, for us, that's not just medical care, but it is also housing. It's, you know, food. It's, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of things, right? Um, and so we do provide a lot of those services within Task Force, um, you know, with community partners. But one thing that we do is um, we have medical providers, um, you know, that um, come to Task Force and offer medical services to community members. Um, and so that's really nice because it's one way that our young people can gain access um, to PrEP. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, I was going to say, you know, as I'm talking about access with you, black people are disproportionately affected yeah. Over half of the new HIV diagnoses mm-hmm. are black people. Absolutely. So yeah. as you're, you're responding here, talk about how you hope Prep for Teens addresses that. Absolutely. As well as expands health access for queer teens of color more yeah. broadly. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that, um, you know, something else I'll add to that is that Task Force is located in the Austin community, which has one of the highest HIV incidence rates in the city. Really? Right? And so we, um, you know, we are providing services directly to those who are underserved, who are often overlooked and marginalized. Right. And so I think that what this campaign does is that it um, it it really does a lot to um, you know uplift the voices of those who are in those communities who are often not you know 
considered, right, when it comes to, um, you know, being able to um, learn about services or being able to gain access or even just ask questions about like, well, you know, what is it that you want to see, right? Like, and how should we offer these services to you? Um, and so I think that what this campaign could actually do is because we're listening to the voices of the community is that um, it engages community, right, and can change the narrative, can change the conversation around PrEP, yeah. um, you know, within a community that is disproportionately impacted by HIV. What would you say, Ryder, to adults listening right now wondering why is it important for teens to have access to this kind of medication? Um, and I'm I'm fairly young, uh, so I guess I can have a perspective on both, like the older and younger generations. But for the most part, it's like we were all teenagers at one point in our lives. And I feel like we as humans, we all just have like just regular humanistic uh, natural urges and I feel like with teens they don't have a safe space to really explore themselves Mm -hmm. especially queer teens nowadays because everything's really more marketed towards like a heteronormative state heterosexual heterosexuality so I feel like if heterosexual teens like can get all this information on their sex sex ed like why can't queer teens get also the same why hasn't there been a concerted effort to do this yet Jim Oh, my goodness. That's the million Until dollar. Until now. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I, mean, I think, you know, we have Puritan roots in this country. So there's just, you know, the fact that we have terrible sex education to this day almost everywhere. Um, it's really rare to have good sex education or education that includes queer people. Um, and I think we have the uh, we often clutch the pearls when we think about sex among young people as if young people wait till their 18th birthday to become sexually active, which is ridiculous. We know that's not the case. Many of us didn't wait for our 18th birthday. And yet we have these rigid sort of belief systems that kind of keep, try to keep people in their box. And then we see the data that you started off this segment with, mm-hmm. that we have young people testing positive for HIV before they're 18. So we need to reach Absolutely. them with information and messaging that is, you know, culturally literate, culturally competent, and it, that is really led by teens. We need to, they're experts on their lives, they're experts on what they need. They need to be taken seriously. And so I think yeah. that's one of the beauties of this campaign is that we really have centered them from the beginning. I'm helping, I'm clearly not a teen. I was at 1.2 Rider <laughs> a long time ago, but I'm really, I need their leadership yeah. and I'm here to help make things happen. But without their leadership, we're nothing. So the community launches tomorrow, Chris, as I've been teasing, what's on the docket? Oh my goodness. Well, we will be unveiling um, one of the window clings that the so we had a group of young people at task force um teenagers come together um to you know design um you know the the, the window clean which is you know an art piece that will disseminate information about you know the prep for teen campaign mm-hmm. um so we're going to unveil that um we will also be oh you're talking about the mural at the mural, right, mural. yes yeah. yes we're going to do that tomorrow um and then um we also will be um you know hosting our thanksgiving early thanksgiving mm-hmm. um, dinner um nice. so of course young people will be able to eat build a sense of community um and then the last thing is that we will end the night with a mini ball yes, yes. So i'm super excited about that mini ball <laughs> that, is, that is so funny with prep themes with yes. prep themes and yes. you're taking video writer yes i'm gonna be the event videographer and honestly just doing all the behind that's so the official stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like the best job in the house. You know that, right? <laughs> also, a lot of responsibility. Yes. I'm, I'm cool with it. I trust me. 
So. <laughs> yeah, so do we. Trust you too. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and and how teens will be able to access prep at task force uh, moving forward. How, how is that going to work, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, all they have to do is talk to one of our staff people and yeah. we will get them connected. Um, oftentimes the way that works is young people come to our Vogue school um, and then they learn that task force offer these services and, you know, they- Right, as you mentioned, those those uh, community partners, right? The, the exactly. doctors that come right to you. That's right, that's right. And what's wonderful about those doctors, those providers is that, you know, they're there, right, in the Vogue school and interacting with the young people. And so it also helps them to feel more comfortable, right, with um, having those deeper personal conversations with them because, you know, they have an opportunity to get to know them. Yeah. Well, leave us with this, Jim. I mean, what's the goal here moving forward? We were launching this campaign, but what do we want as far as longevity here? So we, we see this as multi-year campaign. We want to see lots more gorgeous urban murals created by people like David, who you're talking to soon, and other muralists. We want to do the same sort of activity in various locations in the south and west sides. We want to continue to partner with the amazing folks at Task Force and really expand our reach do activations around art and creativity and keep the message coming up. And we want to keep following the experts and following our leaders. And those are young people and youth like Ryder. Ryder was a teen just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. He's now just out of teendom. How um, does it feel, Ryder? It <laughs> uh, feels amazing. Out honestly. of teendom. <laughs> out of teendom. <laughs> I love that word. It feels amazing, Ryder yeah. says. <laughs> and so and we're really excited. And we also hope to expand some of our work to include the needs that providers have. Mm -hmm. Providers need to be educated more. And there's needs for parents. Like we want to have materials that are parent facing. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do, and we hope to uh, have one thing at a time. Find the find the resources to do it. Yeah, one thing at a time for sure. That's Jim Pickett, community principal investigator on the Prep for Teens project. Ryder Kennedy, a youth leader for Prep for Teens, and Chris Balthazar, the executive director of Task Force, which is a community partner that will be hosting the launch event tomorrow. You can learn more at Prep Four, the number four teens. We'll turn now to David Gauna. David is a muralist and artist and has been working with teens to co-create designs. First, I had to ask David about what excites him about the Prep for Teens campaign. Oh my gosh, so much. Um, one, we've been working on these designs what feels like forever. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited to finally unveil that with um, Chicago communities, especially the young people who are a part of it, most of all. Like, I want them to see themselves. I want them to see um, that their hard work is coming to fruit, coming to life. Um, and I'm also excited for this campaign in general. I think it's a really important message. Um, I love that it's super inclusive to young people, their voice, their ideas, their creativity, their energy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm just ready for it to roll out. Well, let's talk in general about murals. What do you think it is about them that you know helps with spreading information and even sparking ideas yeah for sure i think murals can really be an eye-catching thing right i always tell people you know if my art is able to get somebody to just pause just pause for a moment i will feel accomplished mm. and that was some of the goals behind these designs right is for folks to be able to see the design and just pause, maybe question it a little bit, maybe absorb it a little bit. Maybe it's the colors that are pulling you and you're starting to question it. So that's a measure of success for you because yep. it means 
they're thinking about it. Yes, and hopefully the design is sticking with your head. Maybe you're reading some of the words with it. Maybe you don't know what prep is, but you see the word prep on there. You see the QR code with the design, and then you're starting to explore the information. And that, to me, is a huge accomplishment right there. Is for mm-hmm. you to to start to engage the design, the artwork, and. That's what I think any artist would want for their mural is for somebody to be able to pause and absorb that. Well, let's go back to talking about the young people. Tell us more about how you worked with them on developing this mural. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm an artist who has like 10 plus years of working with nonprofit agencies as well as youth development. Um, I'm super passionate about community engagement and creating space with young people um, to empower them. And so when we thought about creating this design, um, it was super important for us to create space with a group of young people at that task force had recruited mm-hmm. um, to really think with me about what this design could look like for this particular community, for this particular space. And so what we ended up doing was we hosted a three-hour workshop at task force and we create a space for young people to first establish group norms. How are we in space together? How are mm-hmm. we building community together? Were they engaged? Yes, they were super engaged. They were the sweetest group ever. Um, what did they say they wanted to see? They start to describe about how they wanted to see one themselves, right? Um, people who are like them, right? Um, the others is something that's colorful. And part of the creative process was um, at the end of that three-hour retreat was each of the young people actually created a design board with me. So they actually start to create some of the components that they wanted to see in this design. And that was super important for me as an artist to absorb and work with. Yeah, I love that. And so once you've generated the ideas, David, how do you take them and run and embark on your own creative process? Yeah. Because you got to marry the two yeah yeah for sure right because at the end of the day like i also have to be true to myself as an artist Mm -hmm. as well right and so i sat down with a a lot of what the young people had created and started to pull out components that also really stood out to me um, from their design boards we i also uh, took their photos at the end of the three-hour retreat Um, as an artist um, i love to create artwork that uh, it's portrait styles that focuses on marginalized communities specifically plc lgbtqia Mm -hmm. plus and so working with these young people's images and taking some of their their ideas and some of their words and starting to put them into this design um, is an intense process for me. It's, and I will, I will go back and forth and I'm all over the place. What's the biggest challenge there? The what big, makes it so intense? I think the biggest the part that makes it intense is wanting to honor people's ideas, mm. wanting to honor people's image, um, wanting to honor people's truth. You know, so it's that balance. Yeah, that balance for because sure. Because you're also, you know, of mm-hmm. course, staying true to yourself. For the folks who haven't seen your work outside of this project, how would you describe it? Like, what's your what's your visual style? Yeah, for sure. So I am a visual artist that works a lot with acrylic and spray paints mostly. Um, this particular design that we're showing was actually an, um, created out of uh, Procreate and Illustration. Um, but I usually work with a lot of different paints and colors. Um, I focus on uh, portrait styles, um, and I love to paint individuals Mm. and finding ways to capture their stories with their portraits. And so painting individuals almost in like a saint way, like uh, with like halo effects and really honoring their existence. And you make it sound so easy, but that's so hard. (laughs) I I just remember art class and and painting people was always the toughest for me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Trust me. I can paint a building all day. (laughs) 
You are the deep people. I, I just you are more than welcome to paint with me whenever you want. Trust <laughs> me. I get a brush into people's hands and I will guide you. Oh, my goodness. Well, part of this launch party at Task Force tomorrow uh, is going to be the unveiling, as we've talked about. And uh, I'm curious what we're going to see. I mean, what can you tease for us about this design, the final design? Yeah, so actually at the event, we're actually unveiling two different designs. One is the actual um, uh uh, window clink that is going to be in the window of Task Force. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be visible on the outside, so as people are walking by or driving by, they will see this design. It's also going to be visible on the inside of Task Force space so that folks who come into Task Force can enjoy that image as well. Um, in addition to that, we, ha- we have a design that is going to be unveiled that we hope to create during the spring of summer 24, yeah. um, which is a mural design that we want to paint in the community that um, is not the same, but are very like sister-like to the design that's at Task Force. I see. And so I'm bringing a lot of the young people themselves into these designs. I'm bringing a lot of color into these designs. Yeah, bright colors, bright emojis. Colors, emojis, all of the energy, all of the good vibes for sure, because yeah. that's what these young people brought me when I was working with them is a lot of good vibes. I talked with one of the youth leaders earlier about developing the website, and uh, he talked about the importance of inviting colors and emojis mm-hmm. and uh, you know, having worked with another young person yeah. to develop all of this. So I'm, I'm seeing this this continuity of themes and ideas, and mm-hmm. it really is something to be celebrated. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, and I love that um, the young people were able to bring in some of their ideas, like emojis and stuff like that, to make it more fun. I love that it's not super medical, right? It's not super, like... Um, grayish doctor office type of thing. This is something fun for you to just play with and explore and connect to for sure. You mentioned part of the mural has a QR code and a a URL for learning more about prep. How important was it to include those factors? I know QR codes seem to be the way to go these days. Yes, QR codes are definitely the way to go. Um, It's a quick thing. You just point your phone at it and you're able to get the information and pull up. Um, so that was super key because, right, one of the huge goals behind these murals, behind these designs is to bring people to, young people in particular, to this website mm-hmm. where they can find information and then choose if this is their path for, that they want to go on and then right. find a provider that's going to be best for them. Because at the end of the day here, there's a call to action, yeah. right? We're yeah. trying to get young people to do something, mm-hmm. right? Some of the wording in your materials is uh, let prep be your safety net. Yeah. Can you talk about that the uh, word choice and, and how it serves that purpose? Yeah. So during the workshop, for sure, the young people started to describe what prep might mean to them. And um, I think for a lot of the young people in the dialogue, they described how it's that backup plan. It's that plan B. It's that in case I, I did make a slight mistake or something like that. Maybe I did have sex with somebody and I didn't choose have a condom. I have that backup plan because I'm on prep and I feel a little bit more safer. I feel a little bit more empowered in my sexual activity. Um, that's where a lot of that comes from. Mm. How does that feel for you to hear folks being so expressive mm. in these workshops and just being open to having their voices heard? I love it. At I, that age. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I have a lot of work within youth development. And that's my goal is to get young people to feel comfortable enough to own their truth and to be vulnerable, not just with me, but with each other. Mm-hmm. And so f- to hear these young people describe this, I will be real with you. A little bit was a little painful because I think about myself as a child as at, at their age and how 
I also didn't have this information. I wish something like prep for teens existed when I was their age. And I would have maybe felt a little bit more comfortable. What was your support system like? None. I did not. You know, I came from a, you know, I came from a sex education system that was all about these are STIs and this is what happens to your body if you have unprotected sex. That was it. That was it. A lot of shame of sex. And it's like sex can be beautiful. It's not a horrible thing. Why are we constantly shaming it? Let's make sure that people have the tools and information that they need to be safe to protect themselves. And especially our young people who we see these numbers in HIV are increasing. Mm. Let's make sure that they have what they need to, to, to make the right decision. So what's next for this project? Oh, let's let's get this unveiling going. <laughs> let's get it going. Let's get through this launch first. Let's get this launch going and then definitely looking for a home for the mural still. You know, if you're in the Austin community and if you know of a wall, if you know of a space, please like hit us up. Let us know. We're still looking for, um, you know, even grant funding for it and stuff like that. Um, a wall. And the next is at the ball, actually, we're going to be recruiting young people to sign up and who may be interested in to paint this mural with me over the summer. Nice. So you're still recruiting, yeah. getting more young voices involved. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's wonderful. That's David Gauna, muralist and artist who is working with the Prep for Teens project. Thank you so much for making the time for us. Thank you. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Micah Yason and Meha Ahmed. We drop new episodes like this every day, Monday through Saturday. So if you enjoy Reset, don't forget to like and subscribe. We also bring you a deeper dive into our conversation and share events happening around the city through our daily newsletter. If you want to engage more with Reset, sign up for that at wbez.org slash Reset News. That's it for this pod. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll meet again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.